Here's the thing. Tattoos get a pass when you're really young and stupid or when you're really old and you don't give a fuck. Everything in the middle, you got to be more careful. I'm thinking about getting one on my neck. I think you should grow a ponytail. I don't have enough hair. No, that will be unforgivable, Troy. You probably have enough in the back. You could try. Do you look like someone who owns a ham radio? I like the idea of pivoting to like the ponytail later in life. That to me is like more acceptable. Lyndon Johnson did that. Yeah, and look what happened to him. People versus Algorithms is a podcast about detecting patterns in media, technology, and culture. I'm Brian Marcy, and each week I'm joined by Troy Young and Alex Schleifer as we connect the dots to try to figure out where media is going next. This week, we consider whether we're on the cusp of the end of the link era. The web was built on links. It connected the disparate nodes of the internet and crucially brought some measure of serendipity to it. But the link is fading from its central role, and and in truth, it, it long has. The rise of walled gardens and apps have long made links less important than they once were. The advent of AI could very well be the final nail in the coffin for the link, along with yet another blow to the open web, which has already been under threat. Just this week, the information reported that Microsoft is planning on integrating ChatGPT into its Bing search engine, which could actually provide a real rival to Google. Google hasn't had a rival in some time. We discussed this and the implications for how we find and create media. So I wanted to talk this week and and really start off with, you know, I think last year we talked a lot about how we were kind of between two eras. And and let's talk about what what we're, where we're going in 2023. And in particular, I think all of us have been sort of fascinated by the developments going on in AI and particularly with generative AI. I know I've been spending the last couple of weeks playing around with chat GPT and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but like, it seems like this could end up really changing the paradigm about how, how media is discovered, created everything. So, so Troy, I wanted to first just pressure test this with you. I mean, are you, are you seeing something similar as far as a new paradigm for how we, we find and access information in digital channels? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had a better formed thesis on it for you and the audience, but I can tell you what I was wondering about. So I think we think of the world like like links are a deep part of how we think about everything on the internet. And, you know, the concept was new, I guess, you know, in with the kind of birth and rise of HTTP and that happened in the 90s and and i think the concept of the link became you know popularized with the mosaic browser in 93 so the way we think about information is this kind of interconnected system where you move from one piece of information to another and that's how you find stuff and and the first thing i thought when i started using chat gpt is like you know it kills the link right because it abstracts the information from a source and using, you know, statistical methods assembles 
you know, a coherent narrative that answers your question. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's certainly an assault on the certain eccentricity of the lake as a way to navigate information. And so I wondered, you know, what the consequences of that would be. And, you know, obviously the entire sort of economy of the internet, as we understand it, is built around a link. Like a link is how we measure online advertising. A link was how, you know, the web was, was, was kind of your, your position as a page on the web was ranked and made available to people through Google. And uh, a link is the reward that we get for creating information we created and hopefully someone links to it and that's where we get our audience from. So it's pretty central. But but let me me just just jump in. But isn't the the link, hasn't it been dying for a while now? I mean, we've been been operating in this closed garden world where like, I mean, the open web's, maybe it hasn't been dead for a while, but it's been on life support for some time. Well, how can you say that considering how much Google, how much money Google is making off the link? I don't know. I just said it. You're you told me to be pro- you told me to be provocative. What the, what do you want? I'm just following a struggle. No, I was just, that, I'm just yeah. playing along here, man. Me too. Well, we're saying the I'm open just, web is on live support. I'm just saying, channel. like Google itself, like because I think one of the things in playing around with ChatGPT and, and the information broke the story. Kudos the information about Microsoft integrating Chat ChatGPT or with Bing, which I thought was. Amazing because like Microsoft has like stuck with search for this long and like they got mocked for it, which I also find hilarious because Bing is like a 10 a year business. But, uh, you know, this could actually be a different search paradigm. And I feel like Google has been not innovating as much as they probably should have been in search because of the commercial model is just so successful. Right. And so. Yes, the link is still important to Google, but Google's been trying to return results where you don't need links, right? I mean, they're they're taking the information anyway. Oh yeah, they, for sure. they they have been, but they've done it reluctantly and carefully because both because of their business model and because of the reaction that it would create from everybody who's dependent on their model. But you know what you see if you look just for a sec, Brian, the link has been under attack by by platforms right like uh just look at instagram instagram forced links out of posts they made that decision at the very beginning the only way to put a link in is to awkwardly insert it in your profile oh my god link in bio the fact that that is like an actual industry is it's an industry right and what does tiktok do with links tiktok marginalizes links google uh youtube has been more friendly to links but video doesn't really work with links. Although what we're seeing now is a lot more people put QR codes on video to try to get you to walk up to your TV and scan your TV. But yeah, links are under pressure for sure. They are. But, and it, so is our publishers are, are screwed again then, right? I mean, like publishing, most publishing businesses are, are link based. Well, let's start maybe a little further up. So before we go to the publishers okay. are screwed thing, First, let's consider let's how will access points to information change. So, what, what if if it's not us typing in a query and then hitting a link? If it is instead a machine doing all that work for us, 
What what happens? Wait, do you have an answer, or is that a question? I thought you guys could help me out with that. What happens no, but for, it's, for whom? Well, it's sort of like asking Alexa for information, right? There is Which, no link. Uh, no, I mean, like, what 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 happens in terms of the ecosystems that develop around it? Does that mean that publishers then start creating content to embed inside of other people's applications as opposed to relying on the link? Well, I think, we gonna, up- I, I think the problem with the link for publishers in, in, a, in, a, in a world of generative content like ChatGPT is that the link is an open invitation to come in and take your content because the trade was come in, suck it all up so that you can then uh, send people back to us because sending your spider all over yeah, to yeah. Right, right. Now it's, it's come in, get all the kind of essence out of our content, squeeze out all the juice and uh, spit that back out to your customers because these models are so intricate. It's not going to feel like, you know, you had some people like Yelp sue Google because they put clips of, of their content on the website. This is very different because it's all like semantic stuff yeah. that it's grabbing. And I think I think it's going to push publishers to shut down linking. Well, that's why yeah. that's why I'm asking. So you start to put more walls around your content, for sure. Yeah. So it's going to be like private, right? I mean, private content. I like it. It's a good name of a company. It sounds like an OnlyFans knockoff. <laughs> the. the that might be my membership know. model. I, 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 Subscribe for private aren't you guys, content. So, but where's the? Aren't you sad? I'm it's sad about sad. it. But what? Yeah. Where? Where's the incentive to feed the machine? There's no. There's no more incentive to feed the machine. Well, data becomes very valuable, and hopefully, there's some sort of business model that springs up where the content creators get paid by the machine people. Yeah, but con- content gets commoditized and like community and network and connections do not, right? Maybe. What's happening? So, I got a phone call in this random office I'm in and I can't believe that I got a phone call. It'd be, it's like, it's like when a phone box rings. Uh, okay. Let's, let's, yeah. But so, wh- so let me ask start, you this, though, Alex, like with, with, because uh, Benedict Evans brought this up about like the use like the user interface and he said to me the, the more interesting thesis to me is that discon- discontinuity in the user interface as you shift some searches to LLMs large language models creates the opportunity for a market share shift because i i think his point is that let's not get too far ahead of ourselves because it's not like every question particularly commercial questions which are are the lifeblood of search right you you might want links really rather than the answer there and like it's not like an all or nothing i think we always sort of go towards oh it's going to wipe away the link but in reality most times things operate side by side but i think it's an interesting yeah. question <laughs> the user interface is going to be fascinating well i think people have talked about google being in some sort of code red mode and i don't know if that's true but i don't I doubt Google is worried about it not having the technology it needs, but instead I think they have a really big user interface uh, problem to, to figure out and a business, a business model problem. And, and when a business is faced with that type of challenge where they have to fundamentally shift the way they make money, 
it's really difficult because all the decisions they could make now would hurt their business in the short term, right? And and it could be existential for Google and shift that balance. Links are not really going away, but neither did phone numbers. But oh, man. you know, yellow pages used to be yellow pages. That was going to be the title of the episode. R.I.P. Link. You got to edit that out. But I mean, the same way, like is. Are the Yellow Pages the good business that they used to be? Yellow Pages used to be a great oh business. God. They were um, right? amazing business. I used to, I went well, to a I Yellow Pages co- like convention one time. Yeah, and I don't. The thing that's interesting is that if the link goes away, does that if the link goes away, does that create an opportunity for more smaller, more diversified businesses, or that does it create a new behemoth in in somebody like Microsoft? Because those language models are so expensive, you know. Yeah. And does the whole framework of, of, you know, think about it like the link is about going to some other place versus everything coming to you. Does it create a new kind of paradigm where experiences are sort of syndicated into this new kind of, you know, solution that's presented to a consumer? So, for example, let's talk about your your the notion of a commercial search through Chat GPT, bro. Mm-hmm. And if I said, "Tell me, Mister Computer, Mrs. Computer, tell me the best you know bicycles to buy," and it says, "You know, when you're buying a bicycle, you should look for these things, and here's the providers of that information, et cetera, et cetera." And then they just give you options at the bottom. They completely syndicate the commerce into that, so you can buy it right there. The whole way that we think about the architecture of the internet is we go to places, we go to websites, we go to these constructs that you create, whether it's an e-commerce store or your website or your blog or whatever. And there's been a tension inside of the system between bringing more of that into someone's idea of a total experience like Instagram, where you can buy something inside of Instagram versus going out and shopping in a place that you can control or or that the merchant can control. And it just seems like this is a new chapter in 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 that yeah. t- uh, in the in, in the in that battle, I think. I think a a big, I a big loser has to be these SEO operations at like lifestyle publishers that are using and and news publishers that are using their search authority to try to slide their catalogs in to the search results because I think the co- commerce and affiliate has been like really successful for publishers and it's it's a very lucrative business on the internet. It's also made search results like shitty. Like let's be real, the fact that, that people have to put Stack Overflow or whatever it is or Reddit to search results just says that the index is is kind of broken, and it's broken because mm-hmm. in the old days we would call it spam, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the vibe what it right is. now, the vibe right now in 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 the circles that I, you know, in the people to the people with the people. What are these I circles? Talk- this sounds awesome. Wow. I was waiting for that. Well, what is the circle? What is this? I should not give anything away. No, the vibe right now. Silicon Valley stuff like hot tubs and Tahoe. And- yeah. <laughs> you know, Bulgarian mansions. No, I'm saying the, 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 you know, on Twitter and on Reddit, the, the, the vibe right now seems to be Google's in trouble and they deserve it because their products sucked for years. 
and everybody's happy that somebody's going to come and eat their lunch. So, so there, there's a lot of that energy going around, you know. And it's not the like Google ruined media, or it's the people who use Google, you know, who didn't, who didn't, who, who loved that company before. Well, it's 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 the classic, and I think I think AI could lead to this. Like, there's going to be a lot of innovators' dilemmas out there with because this really threatens a lot of business models if it goes in the direction it seems like it's going. Doesn't it feel unavoidable? Like it feels like it feels like we should have seen it coming, right? It, it, yeah, you know, instead I mean, instead is, like we all mock chatbots, or at least I did. It's, it's the Star Trek future, right? Like in Star Trek people don't really use computer, they just ask them stuff, right? And I think the thing that's surprising everyone is the fact that the technology came so quickly and is so readily available and works so well in its really nascent state, you know, because chat GPT four and five and six, you know, are going to be exponentially more powerful than what we're using today, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. What is it? Th crazy. There's a new version coming out soon. Cause I think a lot of people, they look at this and it's like, eh, it's kind of basic. Like I'm in Miami right now. And like, I, I tried it out for like, Oh, what's a good fish fish restaurant in Miami because I wanted to test it uh, to see how it goes in that. And like all the disclaimers, well, it depends, you know, I'm like, oh my God, just like, tell me, like, it's fine. Yeah, You're but, a robot. Uh, I don't expect like, you. I actually get a little frustrated with some of the discourse around these chat P GPT bots where people can, <laughs> I try to tell it like, write a script and uh, write a script uh, for friends where they buy pizza or whatever. And Ross didn't sound like Ross. I'm like, what? Are you the fact that it could even do a fraction of what you asked it to do, you moron? Like it's incredible, right? Yeah. And and it's it's like saying I'm used to sending letters by mail, and I just tried this email thing. It's great, but it still took three seconds. Like it's a hundred times better than whatever you had before. How, how can you not see yeah. it? Yeah, and it's I mean, like, man. it's coming for content marketing. Oh I had God. I had a call earlier with a potential partner, uh, and they're using. They're using AI to to create a marketing content, particularly for small businesses. Like it's, I think it'll get you eighty percent there. Every game development company that I've talked to is using AI in their workflow, not looking into it, but already using AI in their workflow. And it happened in months. To do what? To uh, to do concept art. So so imagine concept art used to be okay. We need you know we need a. We need to show the executives this idea, and it's got a castle, and it's on fire, and there's a dragon on top of it or whatever. And that used to take a lot of time and money to get something like that done. And now you just tell a chatbot to do that, you know, and it's actually really good at concept art because concept art is mostly a little bit derivative of, of other works because it's to get an idea across. And, and they're not going to stop because it saves them millions of dollars already, overnight. Yeah. Overnight. I don't think I'm a good prompt writer. Like I can write for a lot of different, like I'm good at Twitter and I'm good at like newslettering a little bit, magazines less so, but like I am not good at like the prompt. And I've been like reading, you know, there's a lot of the thread boys are out there like, you know, telling you how to, how to prompt. And I think it, I think it's a real skill. Like I think Troy, you had brought it up and I didn't mm -hmm. really, I didn't really think about it as, as a true skill, but it is. Sometimes I get the AI to write the prompt. <laughs> That's that's Jedi level prompt uh, <laughs> writing. 
How does that work? Well, if you want, let's say that you want to feed mid-journey a, a specific query to draw something, you can ask chat GPT, you know, give me a prompt for mid-journey to help me in visualize a half man, half robot, blah, blah, blah. And it'll, you know, in a certain style and it'll, it'll give you a, it'll render a whole scene for you that you can then feed into the journey. I mean, this is the thing that I'm actually really, and we're kind of moving into AI and away from links again, but I, I think, I think there, there's really interesting things when you start stacking AIs together, including learning AI. So Brian, you might be bad at writing prompts, but you might have Just an AI. Just for now, that Alex, I'm going to work on right. it. Don't worry. I mean, the fact that you're a writer is is kind of disconcerting. But I think what's going to happen is is learning AIs that kind of learn to understand your way of talking and the way you try to describe things and therefore adjust to your language. I think that's definitely on the horizon. And then it won't really matter. But people today are definitely good at writing prompts and, and prompt writing is going to be an interesting skill in the future. Yeah. So I, one of the things, I'm sorry, go on. No, I'm curious to where you're going to take this. <clears throat> he interrupted you to say that he wanted you to go ahead and Move say on. something. Well, I, I sort of wanted to bring it down to like the level of, and maybe this is my own like being myopic, but to like publishers and, and what we, we discussed this a little bit, but like I'm really fascinated by if you're starting from scratch and you were to make an AI first media company how would it be different? Like if you're building a media company for an AI era, and let's assume all of this stuff is going to advance as quickly as it seems, what do you do? What does it look like? When and what well, do you not great. do? Let's list them because it's a good question because you probably focus first on hiring talent that doesn't feel like AI. So you focus on point of view and personality and perspective and analysis. And so it starts there. I think that you try to cobble together some tools that help with workflow, like that make the creation of your thesis or the development of a story or like you just, you build it like everybody tried to do in the past, Brian, you try to build helpful componentry into your CMS. You definitely look at how you use it for art. You definitely do that. And um, I think that maybe you start to explore how AI could create some interesting interactivity in, in media. Maybe it, it's a starting point for a dialogue or a way to extend a story or a way to add on to the story or to get more information about something. But I think you could do it. I think you could figure it out. I mean, it does feel like yet another challenge for publishers to me. I don't certainly don't think it makes it easier. No, well, for existing publishers, for sure. I mean, because there's, you know, I've, I've been like really interested by the idea of like organizational debt, the tech debt version of of just the infrastructures of these organizations that ends up becoming obsolete. And this should make obsolete a lot of the infrastructure that exists within these companies because. I think what you're talking about, everyone focuses on the output thing, but this should suck out a lot of infrastructure costs. Like just the basic stuff in the sales process. Maybe this is me, like being a salesman these days, but like there is so much shit that needs to get done 
that like requires a lot of human beings right now. And like it, it shouldn't really in an AI era. So I just think that an AI first media company will further this bifurcation between super small, efficient, lean, and highly profitable publishing businesses. And like Alex, what you're talking about, which is like the really like the heavy stuff that like requires scale. Yeah. I mean, I think if you want to build a company, you're going to try to find the things that require scale to exist, right? Because otherwise, why create a company? And there might be certain things there. Definitely sort of an agency model for talent and people with opinion. But isn't it just got me thinking that media has been constantly under pressure by infrastructure, by infrastructure that's both making production easier every year, but also making distribution worse for them. Right. And the problem is distribution is getting worse faster than production is getting easier. Does that make sense? Yes. Ex explain so, the distribution piece getting, I mean, yes. Well, I mean, I think it's, it, <clears throat> there was the efficiency gains of like being a publisher are, have been tremendous. Like, I just think of like when I that's, started that's working, right. how many people were required to put out like a little magazine that hardly anyone read. But, but and everybody got excited about that. I think the thing that maybe they lost sight on is that all these benefits that are making production easier is also making distribution much less lucrative for them. So when they used to have printing presses and be the only one that could deliver the newspapers and they could charge two bucks for it, you know that was a great business model. But as as all of that became easier, distribution became easier, and all these middlemen like Google got into the process and managed all that and they didn't need these publishers anymore and they lost all their revenue streams and i think it's happening again right when you're talking about building a media company with ai there's the production capacity which is great you can create art there's all these benefits to it yada yada potentially and then there's all the also the distribution thing but it doesn't matter because ai is going to chop up all your content and spit it back out and you're not going to see a penny from it you know it's the same shit like Media keeps falling in love with technology and finding out it's a really bad boyfriend. Super hot, but like just takes your money. Gender this, but you know that uh, what worked. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. That's why you need a. Uh, that's why you need private content. That's why you need private content. That's right. But I think there's interesting things on the horizon. I, I wonder if it's just like there's a Microsoft and then there's a bunch of individuals creating content and that's how it is. And there's nothing else in between. That's it. Well, isn't that what your question earlier? Troy was like, I mean, what, why feed the machine and who's going to feed the machines? There's got to be an incentive and a reward structure to feed the machine. Otherwise, no one's getting paid to feed it. Unless it's, the fee it just comes from the people. I mean, if we, the audience is using the machine, then there's no other way. Yeah. But I mean, the legal battles are going to be like insane over this. Like yeah. if, if you're taking someone's content that they created and that they have copyrights to, and that they have intellectual property control over, and you're using that to train some sort of AI LLM on it, like you're gonna you're gonna have to pay. The amount of AI lawyers that are going to be suing other AI yeah. lawyers is going to be crazy. I the the the, the legal but stuff they're going to use AI to like send the like nasty gram note that like that's what I'm cost, saying. Like, yeah, it's all going to be machines. <laughs> It's all going to be machines suing each other. I think the I think the uh, there's a very real 
concern that we're not Troy, do you mind muting yourself when you're talking? Yes. The one big concern is that current IP laws are not ready for this. Because I think it's going to actually, from what I understand, be really hard to sue anyone with the current IP laws because it's pulled into its molecular level. Yeah. So it's really hard to trace. And the technology industry do- likes likes to just charge ahead and not wait for like the legal framework. Hey, this is going to make laps- Napster look quaint. Facts on the ground. That's what it's all about. I'm wondering, Brian, if all of this is context for you to have a sense of where or to provide us with some perspective with what 23 looks like for digital media more broadly. Because, you know, in the last few days, there's just like a a few things I'm sure that you've read. Mm -hmm. There was a piece today on how, I think it was on on Insider, on how, how difficult it's been for BuzzFeed to integrate complex and how you know, that it's uh, undermining the franchise. Then we had Semaphore Ben talk about why he's so optimistic for media in 23. A little self-serving, but, you know, he made a few points. And, and then we have, I think, in the next, probably in the next couple of months, the discombob- complete discombobulation of Vice. Yeah. And that's just three narratives. There's many more, many, many more. So, what, I mean, that was see? like, what's going well, that on? That was, that was our point, like in our final show of last year was, you know, it's going to be the year of reset expectations. And I think one of the challenges are a lot of these companies have bloated infrastructures that just are not going to work in 2023. If they weren't working in the boom the boom era of like the pandemic with all the funny money that was being injected in the economy. It's hard not to see that as, as a tremendous liability. I mean, I've covered BuzzFeed from like the start. I went to their Chinatown loft and stuff like this. I don't sort of root against them or anything like that. I appreciate Jonah always doing the podcast and coming without a PR person. But like the market is not, I mean, they, they talked about this being a bellwether of like the publishing industry. Oh, no. Like it's a penny stock right now. Like I, it, it will probably be private. If I, it's hard to see like how that's a publicly traded company, independent publicly traded company by the end of the year. Do you think it will be? I mean, why isn't private equity firm just take it out? Because people it. don't know what they don't know what to do with it. I don't know. There's ways to make money off Buzzfeed. <clears throat> I mean, they can sell all those chairs and desks and. I bought a water at the BuzzFeed news store or the BuzzFeed store in LaGuardia. I mean, I think things like BuzzFeed are in real trouble. I don't know if there's any reason for BuzzFeed to exist in the future. Don't you think? It's kind of sad. Oh, it's very sad. I like BuzzFeed. But I think that's like, you know, I keep going back to this like idea of like the disposability of a lot of these digital brands. And maybe that's just the, maybe maybe that's just the fate Mm -hmm. of like, you know, this this point in time in that it's really difficult to build an enduring franchise. The properties that people feel the most connection to almost like rely on individuals a lot. And like that is a total risk. And that's like, what is Mr. Is is Mr. Beast going to like, what happens when he's like 70? Is he still going to be doing this stuff? Is he going to train like a Mr. Beast Jr.? 
Like Scrappy-Doo? Scrappy-Doo didn't go over well, and that was cartoons. I thought Scrappy-Doo was very popular. I think oh my Mr. God, Beast I will have a chain. Just... Nobody no, likes no, Scrappy-Doo, man. No, stop it. Stop it. No, he'll have a chain of retirement resorts, just like Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these influencers seem to do is cultivate a little entourage of people that they try to spin off, if you notice. Because they understand the personality thing. So you get somebody on, you know, they're in, they're in a few videos yeah. and they get their own channel. And I think it's a it's a decent model. I think a lot of folks are going to start yeah. doing that. It's probably like like hip-hop people becoming producers. It's like they realize, yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh my God. like It's like what we're doing with... Do I really want to go on tour 300 <laughs> times a year? It's like, what we're, it's like what we're doing with Troy, Brian. It's like what we're doing with Troy. He's what are we doing with Troy? Well, we're we're building him up so he can start generating income for us at some point. After all that. <laughs> ah, that's great. I want to take a cut, ten percent, man. I realized too late in life that like the best way is just taking a cut, oh, yeah. not going out and like earning money. I don't know why so, no one told me this. <laughs> uh, Brian, are you on? I mean, I guess we're sort of exhausting this topic a bit. Yeah. Are you now preparing for your trip to CES? I am. I'm very. I'm, I'm excited to go to CES. I'm doing a very interesting event with my partners at Outbrain. We're going to talk about sustainable local journalism. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Crystal Olivieri from Group M about this catch restaurant at the Aria. I've only been to CES one other time which a lot of people find surprising, but I tend to avoid Las Vegas a lot. And for some reason, other people on our team always always got sent. That was strange. I mean, mm. I made the decision, so that's fine. Do you actually check out any of the technology stuff and the new TVs no, and I've stuff? I've never been, that? no, of no. course not. At nobody in the yeah. media and marketing industry, I mean, maybe they go on some like show tour or whatever, floor tour and stuff like this. Everyone is just like just hangs out at like the Aria and the Cosmopolitan and does meetings in these suites. It's a very strange event. That's why I never went as a journalist because I'm like, what's the point? Right. Are you going to go to the MediaLink event? I think I RSVP'd. I probably wasn't invited to like the like really exclusive one. Did they have like something with Celine Dion or something? I'm sure. I'm sure. Good Good Well, why don't we talk about, since we're talking about CES, it's probably a good segue into good product. Troy. Good product. It better not be NyQuil, Troy. Oh, you read my mind. Oh, boy. Is it Spirit Airways? Because I'm, I'm flying Spirit. Why are you flying Spirit? It was last minute. And I, the rebooting LLC is a bootstrapped entity. No, okay. I just, I, I waited until the last minute and I'm flying from Miami. You know, I want, I gotta say, I really love doing this with you guys, and I, I feel yeah, like you're I wasn't sick. This is like the Michael Jackson not, or Michael Michael Jackson Michael Jordan flu game. It's impressive. Yeah, but I, I wanted to bring a better, best product, good product to the table. Mike, Mike will help me get through the night last night. So I like the way that it. I just, I don't use a measuring cap. I just drink it. That's it, why they keep it behind lock and it, key, I guess. And it, it put me to sleep. So I was grateful for that. Yeah. Um, that's what I got. I mean, I thought maybe maybe you guys could, you know, when you have a friend who's a little down on his luck, sometimes you kick in and, and have something for a good product. You guys all had Christmas 
you know, I'm sure you had lots of gifts and stuff. Is there nothing that you that you uh, saw that was a good product this year from the holidays? Hmm. Yes, I do. Well, I got a monocular, which is, I always find binoculars very obnoxious to use because you always have to adjust them. I find it very hard to adjust. And so instead, somebody bought me one with just one eye. And so you just close one eye and you look through the other. It's like a little sniper scope and it works much better than a binocular. Like a pirate? Like those things they use on ships? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you looking for? It's countryside, so it's mostly to see. I mean, it's California, so it's either to see if something's on fire or if someone's stealing your water. Ooh. Hmm. Is there a lot of water thieving going on? Apparently it started happening. I don't know. I'm, I, I, think it's, I think it's one of those things that doesn't really happen, honestly. Wow. I, I, got my, I got my kids a good gift. I got them all gift certificates for tattoos. Wow. And then I, I, had, I had asked them if they could each draw something that they wanted to get put on their body and put it in a hat. You know, everybody picks out one of the drawings from the hat and you have to commit to getting that tattooed on your body. That's great. So it's the yeah. gift of regret. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it was popular. It's a very modern yeah. family. Yeah. I wonder if tattoos will continue to be popular. Are they still with Gen Z? They seem to have different habits. I think they're I think, pretty popular. My kids pretty like popular. them. Well, one of my kids really likes them. The other ones were the banker kid was a little bit apprehensive. The thing is, in the last, I don't know if you noticed, but in the last 10 years, it's become pretty common to see people with face tattoos. That never used to happen. I Mm. used to think that was, I used to think the neck tattoo was career limiting, but that isn't anymore. I still think a face tattoo is career limiting. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I'm going to see, I don't think I'm going to see any, well, I mean, if you're like, what is Takashi, whatever the guy like? Yeah, if you're like in like the music and entertainment industry, it's one thing. I mean, if uh, you're like, like that kid, that kid like from Post Florida, Malone? who's that? That great artist from Florida that has a tear in the shape of a Island Apple Boys, lo- a- Apple logo. No, yeah. Island Boys are local. I think I predict that over the next three years, we will have a major AI IP litigation t- case, and the lawyer will have a face tattoo. This generated is, by this AI. Is my, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. The tattoo artists like w- won't like won't AI just create the designs for most tattoos. I mean, most tattoos the I designs mean, are not good. That's I mean, uh, yeah, most tattoos right now are clip art. So you know uh, that would be an improvement. We'll still have a lot of art created by humans. I think it it'll be valuable to have something. Did you say, I drew this, somebody else drew this? I mean, it, it's today I can go I can go on Google, find a JPEG and print it, but why do I spend $1,000 on a piece of art? You know? Because I care, to, it's not because it's you know better, it's because I care that somebody painted it and it's the only one. I think that's- Is that's there an age, it, is it, do you get too old for tattoos? Like, or, am I too old to get like a neck tattoo? No. I think so. I'll try. The older you get the list, you should give a fuck about everything. What are you talking about? I don't know. Look, here's the thing. Tattoos, get a pass when you're really young and stupid or when you're really old and you don't give a fuck. Everything in the middle, you got to be more careful. I'm thinking about getting one on my neck. I still don't have one. I think think you should grow a ponytail. I don't have enough hair. No, that will be 
unforgivable. You probably have enough in the back to like. We could try. Do you look like (laughs) someone who owns a ham radio? And, I like the idea right. of pivoting to like the like tattoo later in life. I, or not tattoo, the ponytail. That to me is like more acceptable. Lyndon Johnson did that. Yeah, and look what happened to him. Well, he was a little broken up. Mm. <clears throat> anyway. All right. I'm, well, I'm really glad we did this. <laughs> Another one in the can. I thought it was good. Yeah. All right. I'm going to leave it. See you later, guys. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did enjoy it, please share it with someone that you also think would find it valuable. Leave us a rating and review on Apple or elsewhere. And also send me your feedback. My email is bmarcy at therebooting.com.